0: Well, the Martinis have been shaken. <laughs> the cufflinks are are linked. <laughs> the the oil has been changed in the Aston Martin. The woman we just met 5 minutes ago has been liquored up and is now in a precarious <laughs> No, I just, that's 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 the other that's the other podcast that, uh, sure. that I do. Yeah. Uh, hello and welcome to the last ever episode of the Movie Men podcast.
1: It it would seem only natural after we've been waiting this this long.
0: I mean, wh- where else do we go? What else? Where is
1: there? else? Yeah, exactly. It's done. It's <laughs> exactly. over. It's,
0: it's we had a good run. I feel good about it. Well, Thank except you for, for the for Roger Moore
1: in. era, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah,
0: and and some of those uh, and cats cats Uh listen so I I just want to say this I have never and I mean this I I I've, I've I've thought this out there's a couple of things I've thought out very meticulously sure. for tonight Item number 1 I have never gone into an episode of this podcast with you <laughs> with a greater sense of purpose <laughs> And just like, like focus and, and like ever. Like, yeah. even the episodes where we've like pre prepared our top 10, whatever. Nah, screw those. Sure. This, yeah. This is like, I'm, I am ready. I am ready to discuss things. I am ready to, you know, which brings me to my second point. I'm going to, this is a return to our old system. Of, oh. of we have eight bond categories yes we've ranked them on a scale of zero to ten and we're going to walk through those categories we're going to give our score we're going to give some justification for our score and then we are going to tally all those up find the average of them all rather and that'll be the the score that we get I am it's very okay. prepared to justify all of my numbers. I am going to give Please. some numbers that might seem uh, ridiculous, might seem okay. off, might seem okay. might seem uh, a bit extreme in some cases. Hmm. And I am ready. I I I I I wanted to make sure that I wasn't ranking any of these emotionally. Sure. That I was being fair and that I could back up every number I gave, and I I think I've arrived at a point where I can do that. Wow. That's okay. it. That's that is my PSA. And don't do drugs, kids. And if you <laughs> do do drugs, do them with a friend who's not doing them, so that they can like you know administer uh, the whatever or call the paramedics or you know that's mm. if i've learned anything from bond substance abuse is okay you oh, just no, no. be smart about it yeah
1: oh boy uh, yeah you know what this is this is truly fun uh, you know we went we went through these episodes there was a real rush at one point where we were just knocking out one a week sometimes two a week and we used the scale a lot and i think i took it for granted and now, like, I pulled it out of the, the memory or the uh, time capsule that I left it in, and I blew the dust off of it, and I used it again for this film, obviously. And I forgot how much I actually enjoyed it. Like, it, it gives a consistency. It We've talked about this, but I think for a few strategic, logistical, and probably sentimental reasons, it might make a return for future series going
0: forward. And uh, I'm or- okay with that or even an adjusted version like i mean if our if our podcast in general came mm. down to main characters supporting characters soundtrack plot and you know bond girls and bond and and objectified women then i <laughs> i think <laughs> as a whole <laughs> oh yeah you know, mm. we, I think we should do it, and for Zendaya's sake, I think we should have it up and running before the new Spider-Man movie. Yep, sure. Yep. <laughs> cool. Oh. Uh, listen, disclaimer. We don't give this disclaimer often enough. Actually, it's on my, my, my honeydew list to mm. increase the amount in, in which we give this disclaimer. Okay, yeah. sure. Spoilers ahoy. Oh, big time. We are about to talk about No Time to Die as if you have already seen it. If you haven't seen it, don't be that guy. Mom, stop listening. <laughs> go watch all the uh, you know what? Just the Daniel Craig ones, although there will be some fun references that you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. But go watch but just well. the, just just go watch just the Daniel Craig Bond yes. films. Preach. Including this one. Yes. And then bring your ass back, sit down, and listen. (laughs) That is the, from this point on, if you have not seen No Time to Die, this is not a safe podcast episode. I agree. All right. That's, that's, there you go. Hmm. I've done my part. Listen, so let's... Let's, I assume you don't have any trivia, where this is not... No, no, no.
1: To, it's, uh, it's in that finesse, finessed area where it's a new release, plus it's a Bond film, so I don't have anything formal. At the end, there's some interesting things that don't fall into any categories that I
0: want to mention, but they might just come up naturally as well. Okay, so, eight categories, being plot, portrayal of Bond, villain, gadgets, fights and action, Bond girls, supporting characters, and Bond song. Yes. And then, as a very special treat, although this is not, this is, I don't think this will be the last James Bond movie that we review. And I was (laughs) actually, I was thinking about this uh, last night. I I saw the movie last night and I was thinking about this afterwards. I was like, we need to, we need to always do Bond films. Even though the next one will probably be like, you know, somewhere between three to five years from now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, even if the podcast wraps up in like three years or something, two years, whatever, S- sure, sure, I think it'd be like you know maybe and and maybe we don't may, maybe just uploading it as a podcast episode isn't super feasible because we've we've stopped paying our hosting fees or whatever I, 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 <laughs> sure I, whatever, sure, then at the very least, there'll be like a YouTube live event oh. where we return the movie men podcast reunion every time they release a Bond film at the bare minimum. Yeah. So, wow. So can I
1: say two things? Cause the podcasts are about tangents and getting off topic. So I, I want to divulge on this for two things. One, I think that's awesome. And who would have like, when we were sitting down with the, at the whiteboard planning this out, who would have thought that the binding grounding of our relationship going forward would have been James Bond. You
0: know, but had, here we are. Had you said to me <laughs> in the spring of 2019, sure, let's build let's build our podcast on the foundation of misogyny. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I don't know that I would have continued. I think maybe I would have said, "Hey, we have some some back-to-the-drawing <laughs> board ridiculous. to do here. Uh, but here we are. Here we are. Nonetheless.
1: No the other thing, for some reason, when you were talking about, like, you were just going on this path of, like, oh, we don't even have to re- release or We don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. I got, a, I got a mental image of, like, not knowing exactly where you were going with Bond and whatnot. I thought you were going to, like have some type of mental image where you were going to go to like a, a cafe in Florence and you could see me across like at a different table and we wouldn't even have to say anything to each other. We would just nod at each other and know that the other was okay or something, but yeah, little and Dark because, because
0: moving forward, uh, as everyone knows <clears throat> moving forward, you can only view bond films in Florence. So when a new one comes out naturally, right. we'll both be there.
1: I just got that image of Dan or Alfred from The Dark Knight Rises and I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, glorious.
0: Okay. Let's Get do Are you it. ready? Did you I want hope so, so I think historically I went first, but I yes. but I'm open to Nope. I I would prefer you go
1: first. Historically you've always gone first. I went first for Casino Royale because that is my pride and joy, but the other 25 that we did and then now the 26, I would be okay with you going first.
0: Okay. All right, all right, all right. Category number one. <laughs> plot. Uh, okay. I gave plot okay. a nine. Nine out of That's ten. That's high. Wow. It is high. Um, you know what? Everything from... Uh, I mean, I guess plot encompasses everything from giving him a child, uh, which I mean, yeah, it took 26 Bond films to give him a kid, but here we are, (laughs) finally happened. Uh, he was just super lucky and (laughs) like, we know that he, he, we know that he had sex with at least 26 women. Ugh. Prior to now and, and it wasn't until it wasn't until sleeping with the daughter of the enemy that he bore a child. <laughs> uh, but everything from that to the decision to kill him Bold, to yeah. um the decision to have him retired and replaced sure. to having ultimately so much of what's going on, falling on an internal F up that, that M foolishly, he had an Iron Man. He had a, he had an Iron Man Ultron moment. You
1: mm-hmm. know, he
0: saw, he saw a suit of armor around the world and he went for it and hmm. didn't, didn't check it. There was no accountability cause he didn't check in with anyone else hmm. and, uh, you know, and shit ensued. Um, <laughs> the reason it's not a 10 so knocked down sure. from 10 yep. is and this is something that I mentioned to you uh, a couple days ago that I had heard about the film and it rang true when I watched it unfortunately and that is initially we understand Rami Malek's motivation in that okay. it's revenge against Blofeld. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's he's bitter, he's upset, he's he's gonna take out Blofeld. So then he does. And then all of a sudden it's revenge against the world, or it's just to kill all the world because the world wants subjugation, but hmm. like it just it 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 at no point does the film explain to us his, his, the, the, the motivation behind his endgame? Right. L- you know, like at best, you could say, well, he's just a maniac. He's just a homicidal maniac. That at best. True. Sure. He's just after power. And it's like, well, but I don't know. It seemed, this seems like more than just after power. Um, and so that's the one thing. That is the one thing that hmm. that I that knocked it down for me. Everything else like him dying, you know what? I was I I knew that he was going to die. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. From the moment, not going into the movie. From the no, moment no. Okay. that he as soon as he puts him on the boat and he kisses he kisses Madeline mm. and puts the puts his his sweater Around his daughter, I knew it. I knew, and he says, "I need to finish this for us." I knew he wasn't going to see them again. Hmm. Um. And I, I like wept. Hmm. I was very his death and the goodbye and the like. You hmm. know, which is which was such a, a an inverse reaction to like had had Roger Moore's Bond died. <laughs> I would have stood up. I would have cheered. I would have, <laughs> you know. But I was I was sitting there and I was like really sad about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, start to finish for the plot, uh, I give it a nine out of ten. It's great, except you know one just one one minute detail that could have been explained away. Just have a monologue. Give him, give him, give him a sure. monologue. Or, or add two or three lines onto an existing mo- monologue that just explain yep. why he's going after the, re- the rest of the world now. Why he's taking out mm-hmm. millions instead of just Blofeld and everything that Blofeld represented. Right. So, nine out of ten.
1: I mean, that's quite fair. I was a little behind you, but I gave it a seven. You know, I don't have any... We've come a long way, both where you're talking about you're emotional when that character is dying or you think he's going to die we've come a long way same with the plot it was straightforward it was following easy to follow and you know in historically in some of these films that itself was just a problem you know it was complicated convoluted not really easy to invest in so this this plot was fine i had some problems with like little bitty things like here on the side and here on you know like I how Bond explo- survived that explosion at Vesper's grave um I was how do I say this I'll tip my hand a little bit I'm this is going to come up with the villain uh, the villain component but with the specter being wiped off the map is this what was best for the plot I mean we've spent years both in the Daniel Craig series and in the Bond universe building up to Spectre and having this story narrative and then just to have it kind of blown off in the first 20 minutes and then literally you just have this kind of guy who was his own entity. I just wonder if that that hurt the plot a little bit for me. And specifically to your point about where you got emotional at the boat scene, which I agree was a good scene, that Just logistically speaking, when that scene occurred and after I saw the film, I wondered why James Bond had to stay. And I I, I just really think that, listen, 007, the replacement we're talking about here, she's on the payroll. Bond is retired. I, I just feel like she had every right to stay because that's her mission. And Bond had every right to say, I'm going to go take my family and leave. But obviously from a story narrative it's they wanted to go for a far richer ending but that just bothered me a little bit the only other thing and i could be reaching at straws here i do when there was all the viruses and the biological warfare and like weaponized smallpox i do there were part of me and i could just be hypersensitive to it but i was like okay there was obviously the financial and logistical reasons that they postponed it so many times but also like with all these aspects of like you know who's been exposed at this funeral, we need to quarantine, and M kind of doing his own public health things. I'm like, oh, I could see how this really, you know, wasn't probably... It just rang a little bit true to the world event that we just had as far as having a pandemic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, yeah, 7 out I of mean,
0: 10. I think that was, you know, they started shooting this long before...
1: Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Like it's it is phenomenally a uh, bizarre coincidence that yeah it would have been filmed and ready to go so long before even COVID was a thing. But
0: yeah. Uh, okay. So category two portrayal of Bond. Uh, listen, I gave it a ten. Um, oh. oh, hey, whoa! Everything from. Everything from his quirpiness, i mean, it's Daniel Craig, who of course. has been my favorite Bond—and yep. um, just the just the level of emotion that we see in him this time around, his connection hmm. to his daughter, his his struggle to like his, the little monologue, not even a monologue, but the little "I miss you" that he gives at Vesper's grave. Um, hmm. he just, you know, and, and then the fury in him when he believed that Madeline betrayed him, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite line of the movie, and maybe this is jumping the gun on your, your honorary category of, of one liners, <laughs> sure. uh, but I don't, I don't think it's, it's not a one liner cause there's definitely sure. some cheesy bond one liners in this film, oh, yeah. um, but this is more just a great line, I think. It's at the beginning when he, he gets back to the hotel. And he's in the car, and he believes that Madeline has betrayed him. And they both get in the car, and she says, I've got something to tell you. There's something I need to tell you. And, and he just, in this, I am so sick at this shit... <laughs> I've been betrayed again. I'm so yeah. I'm tired. I'm done. He just says, "Yeah, I bet you do." And hmm. it, and it, it was just so. It was such a great line. It made me so happy. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I I I gave him a ten out of ten. I I think he he was fantastically emotional, as well as being just a smart ass, like when he has this, when he has this whole, when he's reinstated as a double O agent and, and he's kind of playing on the new double nerves a little bit, where he goes <laughs> right. into M's office and, and he's like, Oh, I, does that bother you? And like, hmm. just stuff like that, stuff like that was so brilliant. And hmm. just the fact that, you know, there hasn't been another bond even Pierce Brosnan's who you and I both enjoyed more or less yeah 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 there hasn't been another Bond or actor who played Bond that could have elicited such an emotional response in their death Um, yes who who made us care that way yep and so that's you know, I think, I think just, I, I don't think this is the first time I've given Daniel Craig a 10 in this category either. Um, but yeah, just 10 out of 10, excellent portrayal of Bond. Basically a 10 out of 10 in this just means I can't think of anything I would have had him do differently. There was mm-hmm. nothing, there was nothing, there was no moment where I thought, uh, that's annoying or nah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was good through and through.
1: Right. I was actually, that was a follow-up question. I was curious if you had given him a a 10 before, but interesting. I I think so. I think so. Mm. I also gave it a 10. And for context, the only other time I gave a 10 was for Casino Royale. He came close, uh, nines a couple other times. But this, yeah, this was a 10. Um, I loved the Vesper tie-in, even just with her theme music playing when he was... Like acknowledging his own emotions, and he said, I, I miss you. And you know, it's just so well done. And uh, you know, um, just professing love for someone in Madeline. And you know, he, you, he, you said he was witty, he was funny when he needed to be. The way they wrote it in, you know, he was never petty about having his 007 status removed, like he was kind yeah, he of hurt a little bit. I retired. Yeah, and like I, I was like, oh no, are we gonna go down a bit of a like a tired story path of like him trying to one up each other and like trying to prove something? And to his credit, he didn't. Like he was very like whatever. It, it is what it is, and she, you could tell she was at first maybe a little bit threatened, and it, it, it was fine, and it was resolved through the end. And I'm glad that as a character, they didn't make him petty about it. Um, Daddy Bond, first time Bond dying, yeah first times for everything and yeah you you hit the nail on the head you know it's never been done before and i don't think it could have ever really been done before with the same emotional result just the way it is um i will say i'm okay with redefining an outdated womanizing bond and seeing a new side of bond that we saw i'm very okay with that i think i'm less okay and this could go, kind of go into plot but i'm putting it here I'm less okay changing the vibe and the tone that the movie has at the conclusion of the film that I expect with this type of actiony film and it, it's just so different I even in Casino Royale when he has his heart ripped out it ends with a moment that you just end up like fist pumping and like throwing something in the air and you know being excited and this one just went with a different tone of let's go with the emotionally charged ending and it's a very different ending that you walk out of the theater with. And those films have a place. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying, with an action-y James Bond film, I think I just prefer something a little bit more upbeat. But
0: okay, um, yeah, interesting.
1: This is this is not trivia per se. It's just interesting facts. Daniel Craig, as anyone who can do the math, had a 15 year span, which is wild. Like it's hard to believe Casino Royale is 15 years old.
0: 2006. Oy.
1: But this is an interesting thing. So age of James Bond when they last, like when the actor last portrayed James Bond. So the eldest was Roger Moore at 57. Second was Sean Connery at 54.
0: In Never Say Never Again.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And the final or like the third eldest is Daniel Craig at
0: 51. He's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But he also doesn't, he never looked, which is nuts, because it means he was 36. Eight. 38. It's been 15 years. Yeah. He's how old now?
1: Fifty. It's either 51 or 53. I'm now looking at this. It says 51, but I'm not sure if that was when it was originally
0: supposed to be released. So so either way, 38. He never looked 38. (laughs) Yeah. He always looked... He doesn't look much older than he looked 15 years ago, and he never looked as young as he actually was. If that makes sense.
1: Uh, So let me say what I feel and tell me if this is what you're saying or not. I look back at Casino Royale and I go, what a baby? And... When I look at it, it's like, oh, he's actually thirty eight, like he's not a baby. Maybe I'm saying the complete opposite of what you
0: just said. Oh, I think you're saying the complete opposite. I, I okay. I'm <laughs> saying I feel like he started the series looking like he was forty five and now oh. he's ended it looking like he's forty six. A little bit older. Hmm. Sure. A he bit. doesn't
1: look drastically different.
0: No. No. He looks good. He does. He looks better than he looks better at fifty three or fifty one or however the hell old he is. Yeah. Than I look now. So, <laughs> that so is, sure. You know. Yeah. I have nowhere to go but downhill from here. No. Oh. Yeah. Uh okay. Villain. Hmm. I gave this a nine out of ten. What? What? A nine. Uh okay. so it's yep. I mean it's Rami Malek, so he's he's incredible. Yes. He is. He's a he's appropriately creepy. Like I don't know. That like there was something about had Blofeld. Yeah, so here's the thing. I don't know. I, I agree. I don't know how I feel about them wiping out Spectre. I don't know how I feel about the final showdown not being with Blofeld. Because oh, I have preached this from day one. Blofeld is the Joker to Bond's Batman. Like mm-hmm. he is. He is the 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 beginning and the end. Of Bond villains. Um, so that's, you know, that's fine, whatever. Uh, but, I but you know, I don't know, if you look at every other villain that we've had in the Daniel Craig library, his rogues gallery, if you will, hmm. I don't know that I can think of another one that would have elicited the same degree of discomfort in me while holding Bond's daughter as Rami Malik did. Hmm. Just his his not all there elegant but creepy you know it it was just it was so good. The reason it's not a ten. Did you not from the trailer and the marketing for this film believe that maybe he would wear that mask more than once in the whole yeah, damn film. Sure. I was like, this is your creepy gimmick, man. You're the phantom of the freaking Opera here. Yeah. We- that's and, true. And he and he wears it and he never even we never even see him wearing the mask when it's like in that iconic broken look while he's conscious. He's like laying hmm. there like knocked out. <laughs> And that's it. And then it like fades out. Or why well, you know, he like picks her up out of the water and sure. shit like that. But then <laughs> But that's it. And that's yeah. it. And then and then and then what? And then we see it again in a box but we never see him wearing it again. And I'm like, ah this is like your friggin' calling card. This is this mm-hmm. this mask. And the fact that it's deformed and your face is effed up with no explanation whatsoever. (laughs) Sure. Whatever the hell that is. uh, That's what happens when you pick your acne, boys and girls. No, I don't... (laughs) That mask, all of that is what what takes him from being just a, a dick or a terrorist and transcends him to the level of Bond villain and and he and he had it in a box like a totem he, the only reason he kept on to it all those years was so that he could hand it to Madeline and be like oh, remember me and guess who I am <laughs> I could have just told you but I, I, I showed you the box instead mm. uh, and that's it and that was the only real that was the only purpose that was the only character or, or development or whatever you have that this mask got. So that's the reason it wasn't a 10 for me. I is so solid, but, but missed opportunity with that mask. Hmm. I think you make
1: a good point. I do. I never thought of that, but I think you're right. It changes it from just a bad person or rotten scumbag to being a villain which is the whole point of these films is to have like an arch nemesis yeah i think i think it would have been great if he had worn that mask might have even increased his score a little bit i went down a little bit hard i gave him a five out of ten i didn't think he's the worst i don't think he's great so he landed somewhere right in the middle you know i can't argue rami malek is a great actor are
0: you a rami malek fan I, you
1: know, I I don't adore him. I appreciate him, and I respect his work, but I'm not a fanboy, per se.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I'm a fanboy,
1: so... so. It, uh, that's fair. I do... I think it comes down to... I just wonder, did we really need to see Safin? I mean, continue with the Blofeld Inspector storyline. You've spent the last four films, since it was hinted at in Casino building this up and developing it continue that and it seems more of a wholesome like complete seamless story versus like Spectre just kind of getting hit by a bus and then we move on with this random thing and I I don't know how to say this I think he's just a little bit of a I can't say the word that I wrote on my computer but he's just kind of like a whiny little loser you know and I think it Comes down to you, you, and you said this to me just at the end of the movie. We're just left Hello? to our own speculation on what his motives are or what his end game might have been. And I just go, okay, well, we had something that was well developed in Spectre. Maybe we should have just continued with that. So, that being said, that's the negative. On the positive, I did like the old timey feel that he brought to it. Hello, in that his scheme had. This base where there were I'll just call them minions, but people working in the trenches building his weapons, and there was a missile launch silo. It felt something very nostalgic that Sean Connery would have walked into in one of those classic films, and um I did thought I think I thought it was interesting and maybe a bit of a a nod to the the previous historical films where there was this scene where Malick says. Essentially, Bond, you and I are a mirror of each other. Just the only thing is you've made the opposite decisions than I've made. And it's it's a nod to when we had Christopher Lee say that to him in Man with Golden Gun. So I thought that was neat. But ultimately, yeah, I just wondered why he had to be here. And he seemed to be a bit of a whiny little brat who I get it. Like his family was killed, horrible, awful. But just without any motivation, he's just kind of a little punk. And I give him a five.
0: So you really, you don't have much love for him at all? No, no. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. Uh, Next category, gadgets. Now, this is a category that historically I have put a lot of stock in. Oh, big time. And this category is the MVP of this film. Oh man! Wow. Okay. This category easily. While I was sitting watching it, I was I had all the categories in mind, and and I was trying to kind of because it, it's not like normal when I was watching it at home and I'd have like a a, a pad and a pen and I could I could make notes. Sure. Um, so I, I so I went into the movie with with just these kind of thoughts in my head. By the time so I, I I gave Gadgets a 10 out of 10. You know, sitting there it had already achieved a 9 out of 10 after the Aston Martin, the OG 60s Aston Martin car chase scene. You've got it dropping its caltrops, is that the, I think it's caltrops? traps cal traps something uh smokescreen um the friggin machine gun stuff it, it like the start of this movie with the first action sequence when they're in the car together because the, the the bond the the daniel craig bond films haven't been particularly gadget heavy but and and so they've sort of increasingly more and more become so It was like, so much of this film was like the filmmakers were, it was like a love letter to the audience saying, we know what you've been waiting for, and we're going to give it to you. The car, 9 out of 10. Then what bumped it up, the three other super worthwhile, worth mentioning gadgets Uh, One has got to be... Two of them are Spectre gadgets, by the way. Uh, One is the glass-cutting laser thing that just cuts the square in the glass perfectly, just like out of any spy film. That is a quintessential, beautifully executed in this film spy gadget. Um, The next is the magnetic zero-gravity parachute repel whatever you want to call it, stop, break your fall thing. That was super cool. And then uh, finally, I mean, there's other cool tech throughout it, like Blofeld's Eye. I mean, that's something you could only get in a Bond film. It would only be believable and beautifully so in a Bond film. But the creme de la creme. The icing on the cake. A Bond film is not a Bond film without some sort of crucial, life-saving, day-saving gadget built into a wristwatch. And so the fact that he has an EMP, the second he was, like, giving him a watch, Q was giving him a watch, I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. He has a watch gadget. Here we go. And I, I was... There was, there was nothing. there was nothing that I I wanted for not. The movie was in in terms of gadgets. I'm like, I've got goosebumps right now. In terms of gadgets, this movie is a 10 out of 10. What did you give it? I'm I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just kind of
1: smiling. I do think it's funny how into it you are. I don't think... I'm just not there. I've never... I'm looking back to the scores I gave the other films, and I never gave it above an 8. And I'm just wondering what I would have needed to go higher than that, and I'm wondering if I was just being hypercritical. Because I, I do appreciate the gadgets in these films, but I I think I'm just not as into it. But I would agree. I gave it a 7, so I'm not far away from you. Uh, obviously nowhere near you know as high, but it's close. It's in the good category. Um, I loved the classic Aston Martin, amazing bulletproof smoke action sequence at the beginning. Uh, obviously, I loved that. Loved the watch, the smart blood returning, the the map, the stealth bird. I loved, I, I, I didn't dislike anything. I'm wondering if I could have just used more, um modern day Aston Martin time. I think the only time I gave gadgets higher was Casino Royale. And I think that was the only difference in that film we had, it was almost like a character where he goes in it and he sees all the gadgets and he says, love you to him and it saves his life at a point. So, you know, I think, uh, I I don't, I'm not going hypercritical on this film. It was, it was great. I just gave it a seven and I, I think it just comes down to I don't love the gadgets as much, but I will say the magnet fall breaking gadget was pretty
0: cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like I drolled on about gadgets, and you just gave kind of a quick, ah, yeah, they were, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> I think, again, it comes down to you should droll on about it because you are into it more. And I'm just like, yeah, they were fine. I I, I, I think that's just a mirror of our, our um, personalities.
0: That's fair. All right fights in action i gave fights in action a 9 out of 10 it's good i have i don't have any complaints about the fights and the action in this there just ultimately wasn't i'm going to be real brief here there just ultimately wasn't enough um like takeaway moments there wasn't enough moments where like bond does something or there's some sort of fight or explosion or whatever it is that really uh that was really memorable that you walk away from going oh gosh i can't wait to i can't wait to see him do that move again i can't wait i you know that was that was a true james bond level move that he just pulled there um you know, there's some uh, definitely some cool stuff with him him ducking in behind the the concrete support and the, dodging the car. We saw that in the trailer, jumping off the side of the bridge, holding onto the cable. We saw that in the trailer. That stuff's really cool. Um, and there is there is cool stuff throughout. Certainly, there just wasn't there wasn't and and none of it was bad. None of it was like ah, this is gratuitous. This is stupid. I don't want this. Uh, it was all good, and I'm not a big action film person, but there just wasn't, there wasn't enough, holy shit, what an action, what what a thing that just happened moments for me. So I gave it only a 9 out of 10. That's
1: fair. That's fair. I'm in the same boat. Um, I was a shade behind you, so I gave it an 8 out of 10, and I, you know, I'd mirror pretty much what you say, because... I gave Casino Royale a 10 out of 10 and I remember I've seen Casino Royale numerous times and I I it had been a while since I had seen it when we watched and reviewed it but there were certain action sequences where it might have been the parkour one but other ones as well where I, I paused the, the television and looked at my wife and I like took a deep breath and I went wow I forgot A just as a visceral experience how awesome this was but also just from like a filmmaking perspective like that they were able to do this and cut it in a way that had that influence on me. So I was like 10 out of 10. The next closest to a 10 was um, Spectre, where it wasn't quite that good, but it was a 9 because there were times where I, I could tent, feel my pulse elevating during certain ac- action sequences with like drum beat beats going, and it, it, it got the juices flowing. This one, it wasn't bad, but I think with you, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from. There wasn't any problems, any faults. It just wasn't good enough to be a 9 or a 10. Had the great killer interaction sequences, like you said, jumping off the bridge, motorbike, propelling him up to another level. Great. My only one flaw, there was just a sequence where they left uh, Madeline's home and they were being pursued by like, I think it was at least one, but maybe two helicopters and all these vehicles. And just the fact that they were able to evade that and get to the woods I kind of just scratched my head. And I'm like, really? Like they evaded all those things? I mean, ultimately they didn't because the action continued. But I just thought that was a little fishy that they even made it that far. So ultimately, eight out of ten. Not the best, but solid.
0: I mean, he's James freaking Bond. I, <laughs> you know, what do you? What more do you want? I know, I know, but okay, Bond girl. This, is, this, is, this has been a plagued category. Because I'm not sure that either you or I... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure you or I have ever given a score higher than we gave Honey Rider at the beginning of the... And I don't remember what score that is. I just remember that every Bond girl has fallen short of Honey Rider. So, for me personally...
1: I don't know what I gave Honey Rider because I didn't actually use this system for the first film. So I don't know what I would give it. So to me, the highest so far has been Vesper Lind at 10. And I'm curious, I'd have to watch Dr. No again to actually score it, but Honey Rider might be close to a 10. I'm not sure.
0: Sure. Speaking of Dr. No, I just want to point out, I meant to say this with the villains. I I spent the majority of this film wondering and half expecting... For Rami Malik to end up being Doctor. No. he's He's someone that we haven't seen from the original yet or from like the old, you know, we haven't seen the Daniel Craig version of that villain. And even right up until then I was like, ah, no, maybe he's not Doctor. No. I don't know. and then and then they were like, and then his base was on an island, and I'm like, oh, maybe me oh doctor no here we go and then everyone on the island had like radiation suits on and i'm like holy shit he's totally doctor no and then it never happened so that's my doctor no story for this movie dang it right uh bond girl either way i think maybe with the exception of vesper lind because i did love vesper lind i named my cat my cat's name is vesper good as it should be As it should be. And aside from that, Honey Rider has been the the measuring stick for all Bond girls, and all Bond girls have fallen short of that mark. I give Madeline, Swan, a 10 out of 10. (laughs) And I don't know how you couldn't. I mean, she's... She didn't betray him. She has secrets. Everybody does. She doesn't she didn't actually betray him. She is Bond's true love. Arguably more so than Vesper Lind was. And she's the mother of Bond's child. Like, she's not just a throwaway. You know, we she's a carryover from the last film, obviously because she's Mr. White's daughter. I just, you know, uh, I don't know. She she Madeline Swan is my bond girl. Moving forward, I mean she's not I I wish she's not mine, but like you know what I mean. You know, I don't I don't have like I don't have like visitation rights or anything with I don't even know the actress's name, so I can't be that you know. I'm not that in love with her, but she, Madeline Swan, for me, was a 10 out of 10.
1: Hmm. I'm wondering if I've gone a bit too hard on the grading scale, but I gave her a 7. Ouch. I will say, in films past, it was slightly annoying, where there would be multiple, quote-unquote, Bond girls, and it was like, okay... From a story perspective, this is complicated. From a rating perspective, like, which one do I rank here? So it was nice, and for multiple reasons, more so for the story, but it was nice that there was just one clear Bond woman, no longer multiples to choose from. Um, Is was raised by a friend of the show, Dave, about a previous rendition of Bond and Bond Girl. This Bond girl wanted to marry James, so for that, maybe her score was elevated. I was honestly almost going to give her a 6. I bumped it to a 7 because I said, hey, they like they used the M-word. They wanted to get married. Um, she had one heck of a trigger finger when she was 7 or however old she was in that flashback. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's just Honey, Ryder, Vesper Lind are just right there for me. And she was respectable. That is Madeline. Um, but not, not quite high enough or good enough to be an eight or a nine or a 10.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. One, I mean, he said, oh, she, he, he says, I love you too. That, that gave, that moment gave me chills. I know. I know. So, if, okay.
1: If we had seen this together and you had said some of these things while I was ranking it, I might have been convinced to bump it to an eight, but I'm, I'm comfortable with the seven. Um, the one thing I'll say, this is just on the topic of Bond girls, Vesper Lynn's age, obviously for anyone who can do math, is revealed. She's kind of in the 22 or 23-year-old range when
0: she passed away. Oh, uh, don't do it. What? Are you, You're you going to comment on the inappropriate age difference between Madeline and Bond? Uh, between Vesper and Bond. Oh, okay. Because Madeline's pretty young, too. I mean, there's, there's still quite an age gap there.
1: Maybe I can't comment on that. What I will say is the only th- Daniel Craig. If you kind of calculate his age in Casino Royale, the actor and Vesper's age, so he would have been around thirty-eight at Casino Royale. She was twenty-two or twenty-three. It's not. It's not horrible. It's. It's. It. I feel like it was way more queasy in the um, Roger Moore days and in some of the days past. So I don't think that's that bad. What I will comment on though is that Vesper Lind was twenty-two or twenty-three. I'm not sure if it's impressive or improbable, but she was in charge of being responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars for the Treasury Department at the age of 22 or 23. Like, how do you... How?
0: Okay, I don't think it's fair for you to push your insecurities about what you've achieved in your life at your age. <laughs> On to Vesper Lind. Um, you know, but yeah, here we no, are. The, the Roger Moore thing was totally like... Hey sweetheart, when you're done, when you're done, <laughs> when you're done studying for your SATs, there, you mind coming and <laughs> swapping over Daddy's oxygen tank? Cause
1: <laughs>
0: it was like now
1: that I know that he was fifty-seven, so pushing sixty. In hindsight, I could be wrong, but it did feel like there was like twenty-year-old, maybe thirty-year-old girls of interest. And I mean, when it's like thirty-plus years, it's like okay, maybe like, who am I to say? But how, maybe
0: how? How much do you have to get paid as a Bond girl actress to get naked and romp around with a wrinkly old leather sack like Roger Moore? Maybe they used a stunt double. Who knows? For who? For him or for her? For him. Oh, okay. Even then. I don't know. Like, Why? But I do. You know, I the age difference has bothered me in the past. And I did in this one, I noticed the age difference between Bond and Madeline, but I was like, you know what? I found it more endearing and charming than anything else. I thought to myself, oh, okay, you know what? Uh, Age is just a number. They love each other. And, and, and she, she gave birth to his kid and yada, yada, yada. It didn't bother me. Didn't bother me at all this time. I think, I think, it doesn't bother me. So I, I, I can say it doesn't bother me with
1: Vesper. That's the only thing I've given thought to. It never bothered me with Madeline because I, literally I never gave thought to it. So that's how I'm okay with it. With Vesper Lind, I think it's just more like a continuity mistake. Like I just feel like, sure, 38 and 22, 23, there's a bit of an age gap. But I also feel like Vesper Lind, like the I haven't done the math of the actor, but I honestly feel she was older than 22 or 23. So I don't. I'm not sure why they... Arbitrarily chose that random age for her, but regardless, we've we've seen much worse in this series. It's quite reasonable to me, but there
0: we are. Supporting characters, Uh, ten out of ten. I mean, okay, so whoa, okay, whoa. Hang on, hang on. I told you at the beginning I was going to say some numbers that sounded extreme, but I was willing to back all of them up
1: and i will just say i you are the person on record on this podcast this very podcast who has called me out peter for using
0: tens way too often now i know this is different these are overall rankings we're talking overall rankings of films okay yes All uh 10 out of 10 um bond's daughter Hmm. From her blue eyes to her her little bunny to oh. just the impact oh. that she has on him is is every moment is is amazing. Your frustration and your hatred for for M throughout this because you doofus, you f up, you moron. What what are you doing, uh, Money Penny? As charming as ever. The new 007 was fantastic, and I think the chemistry that she had with Bond was fantastic. Like you said, there was never like a tit for tat kind of moment. It was just, you know, there was tension. There was tension there because of the situation, but it felt like good natural tension. Um, I have a question for you, though. Please. Are you are are you okay? After the passing of your friend Felix? Because <laughs> that is a rough scene. Yes. And it that is. hits Bond hard. <laughs> uh, so anyways, for all of that, for Felix being Felix and and Q, Q is, is excellent as ever, uh, revealed in this one that... That um, Q isn't strictly heterosexual, which I thought, ah, you know what, that's a fun, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, that works. Um, You know, that didn't, you know, some people are like, oh, uh, he was never friggin', why? (laughs) And I'm like, "Ah, what difference does it make? Mm. Honestly, what difference does it make? makes no difference at all. I'm just sad that he didn't get his date. Like, (laughs) you know. The one thing, and you know what? I I will bleep this out. I will bleep this out in post. But it needs to be said. The second best line in this movie is M's line. After Bond is broken into Q's place, and oh, well not broken in. He just kind of barges in. He walks past him, and and they do all the the stuff on the hard drive. Um, shortly after that, or immediately after that, we see Bond have a scene with M, and he he lets something slip. He talks about like, oh, you know, we discovered something or yada yada, and M looks at him and goes, "We," and Bond just looks back at him, and M puts Q right, puts two and two together and realizes that Q, Q, you know that. That Bond has done it again. He's he's compromised Q, and I'll bleep this out. But but M just saying, oh for sakes! <laughs> like it just it was it was golden. It was so good because you were because you got it. You were like, yes, that is the dynamic of these characters. Bond has a problem with authority and is going to manipulate our supporting characters to his to his purpose, and and it is going to be a thorn in the side of M every single time. 10 out of 10 for supporting characters. What do you got?
1: That's actually a good scene. I, I appreciate you reliving it and bringing it back to life. Yeah, I gave this a 9. I gave this a 9, which is... The... uh, I've never gone higher than a nine. I'm looking back. I gave nine to Spectre, nine to Skyfall. Um, I think it comes down to that the characters I liked, I just wish they were here longer and a little bit more relevant appearances throughout the film. So specifically to Felix and Moneypenny, you hit the nail on the head. Man, like, how far have we come with Felix Slider? When there was... I remember crying my eyes out when we were talking about it with in goldfinger like felix slider was this kind of old bloke who was at a kfc and like the villain had like 10 legs up on him and he was just kind of a dud and i just love felix now i've loved him since casino and it was great that i'm so happy he was back but it was heart heartbreaking to see him go and i just from a story perspective i wish he was here longer because i appreciate the chemistry he has with james bond um but i did miss him and I've, i kind of forgot that he had been gone for two films but uh yeah you know we've got mr gas leak himself m um the, i don't even know her name but this is my biggest job chick was funny um creepy-eyed blonde guy who was with felix played the part well as a creep. Um, but you hit the nail on the head. Where like, how, again, how far have we come that a supporting character is Bond's daughter? And you hit it. the the bunny was just oof. just when he goes back for it he finds it. Um, yeah, I think I think a nine out of ten. I think it is close to a ten. I think I may be just being a little biased, too, because I'm sad about Felix dying, that I can't give it a ten. of note. the first time this is that the movie features Q. Felix Leiter, miss money penny and M since licensed to kill in 1989 so almost uh over th- well a bit over 30 years absence so that's interesting but a nine
0: a nine a strong nine huh okay final category final official category bond song now this this billy Eilish song no time to die came out like a year ago like we've We've heard this song. I've heard it multiple times. I don't know about you.
1: I, surprisingly, I was, I gave every effort to not hear it. And I am very proud to say, and I feel like this is giving it the fairest chance. The first time I heard it was
0: when I saw the film. Nice. Okay. So I gave it a seven out of 10 which is the lowest category I give something in this film. I like the song. I thought that the song felt like a James Bond song. It has that espionage twang that that I've referenced in the past. What knocked it down for me though was the actual sequence. There's some cool elements in this sequence, but instead like previous sequences that we've watched have felt like something. This one felt like just a collection of, of fun ideas that were all kind of haphazardly stitched together. There wasn't a lot of, of throughput. There wasn't a lot of continuity and connective tissue in this opening sequence. Um, and that... That hurt it for me. I was surprised. I have I've brought this up in the past in this category. Our gun barrel sequence we get immediately right out of the gate this time. Um, like it's the first it's the first shot of the film. Um, but for the first time ever, it's not the only gun barrel sequence we get in a way. Because when he's in the facility, there's a, a shot where he's in a hall. And he turns and shoots and does the pose, and the music plays, and you're like, "Oh shit! They snuck in a second gun barrel sequence. Good for them." Um, but yeah, seven out of ten. I love the song. I don't know what was there's there's several really cool elements to this sequence, but that's just that's all it feels like is a bunch of cool elements. You know, they came up with forty ideas and then just figured out what order to edit them all together into. So, 7 out of 10.
1: (laughs) You know, you're kind of preaching a bit to the choir. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, I, I really wanted to give it the best chance it could and be immersed in it for the first time during the film. And throughout the whole song, I just kind of went, meh. I mean... I loved the opening graphics that there were like those colored dots on the scene on the screen. And yeah, the it's kind of a flashback graphics. Yeah. And like the previous kind of a flashback to what we've seen historically. And I was like, Hey, where's this going? And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it does seem like there's just a convoluted pile of things that are like, here's a bunch of cool ideas, no connect- no connectivity or, you know, defining purpose to them. And that really kind of hollows them out. So I yeah I was very hard on this. As soon as the song finished, I went, "Wow, that was a real letdown." It's not the worst Bond song. We've had some duds through the years, but it's my worst. In the Daniel Craig, it's I put it as just as bad as the Quantum of Solace Alicia Keys song, and it's not that good. So, yeah, five out of five out of ten. It was interesting. The absolute length of the film before we got to the opening song. It seemed kind of a, a different pattern from what we've seen historically. but It was at least uh, 20 minutes. At least. It felt like a long time. And I'm not saying it was too long. It was just very different. Yeah. I will say this was a bit different having Hans Zimmer incorporated, uh, using using him for the, the soundtrack. And I'm not saying it's it was good. I'm not saying it was bad. But there was definitely a certain action sequence that I was honing in on i'm like this is like a riff or like a note or two off of some batman riffs that i've definitely heard before and i don't know like i was like dude can you like come up with something a little bit new but um it of note it he apparently used some themes and, and incorporated them from her majesty's secret service which is of significance because that's the only other time bond wanted to get married
0: it's true, and did, and did. That's the. Is that, that the Ger- George Lazenby mm-hmm. Bond? Yeah. Yeah. I yep. he may be my second favorite Bond still. Yeah. I he gets he a lot of bad. hate. He gets a lot of hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's it, which means it's time to tally up our scores. Wait, wait,
1: wait! We got to do oh, the one-liners.
0: Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, there's only one that pops into my mind. Sure. But let me know what you got. Okay. Okay. So the, to me, there's two. The, the The
1: biggest home run was at the end. I think this might be the one you're thinking of when he used his watch and he's talking to Q over the phone and Q yeah. asks what happened and he said, I showed someone your watch Q really blew their mind. Blew their mind. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other one. Kind of very second place, but it was at the beginning. I think it must have been the same character um, when he fights and he's talking about it afterwards. And he says it was an eye-opening experience when the glass eye was rolling yeah, down yeah, the sidewalk.
0: Yeah. Um, this isn't a one-liner, but I don't know where else to throw it in. It's kind of a, It's kind of an homage. Did you catch the homage to the originals? when Bond is leaving M's office and he throws his visitor pass and and, right. and does a two-pointer right into the garbage. Right. Yeah. That, that was... I felt like that was an homage to him throwing the hat and it right. landing yes. perfectly on yep. the Same room, same skill set, yep. different object. Yep. Okay. So, we're going to tally up our scores. We're going to reveal... Our scores, but I don't want you to tell me yet where that fits in the overall Bond uh, list, because as I said in the beginning, although we'll be back for more Bond, believe you me, we will be back for more Bond. We are, this is kind of the closing of a chapter in a lot of ways. This is, we did Bond because of this film. <laughs> yes. And so it seems appropriate to at least rank our list as it stands so far, worst to best. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. But if I take all my scores and I tally them up 007 No Time to Die, the 392nd 007 film that we have reviewed. It's too bad we don't have a drum roll sound effect. On the, oh, the closest,
1: know? well, let me, this, this is not a drum roll, but it'll lead up to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's more, that's actual drums. Anyways, uh, this film gets a 9.2 out of 10. Dude. It's a solid, but is it high enough? Is it high enough to edge everything else out? That is the question. We'll have to, you you know, we'll wait and see. I don't know if you know. Have you? You haven't kept track of my numbers. No, no. Just your social, just your social insurance numbers. Right? Yeah, passport and stuff. But you, so you don't, you don't know what that means. If I know
1: I know the only thing I'm I don't know numbers, but I do remember that Casino Royale I think was like your number two and Skyfall was your number one. That's about it.
0: Okay, interesting. Okay. So what do you got?
1: I'm I'm lower, dramatically lower, but still respectable. Seven and a quarter, so seven point two five.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh okay, so well yeah. Mine was mine was nine point two five. So I rounded down sure. which means sure. i actually i guess 7.25 yeah i round it down to to uh seven or to nine nine point two or t- would you round up i guess you would round up <laughs> to nine point three yeah i don't know i think that's what i've done in the past sir sure. okay let me just update that nine point three okay so How many Bond films do we have here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27? That's correct. Because there was 25 of them and then the two non-Eon ones? Yep. Okay. So... In the 25 slot. The worst film of all time. The worst Bond film of all time. I have Never Say Never again. What is yours? Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. Wow, you hated on that. Yeah. So that was with a... I, had, I gave that a 3 out of 10. What What'd you give yours? 3.3. 3. Okay, see, so I hated mine more than you hated yours. That's just <laughs> to be... Uh... The next worst Bond film for your eyes only with a three point five.
1: Oh wow! I went Octopussy with three point eight.
0: Wow, okay, okay. The next worst Bond film with a four out of ten. A View to Kill. <laughs> I went The Spy Who Loved Me with four and a quarter. I wonder if any of ours will line up. The I next- don't. The next worst one with a 4.6, Thunderball.
1: Hmm. Now, I'm just looking. The other non-Eon one was Never Say Never Again. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So my next one then is You Only Live Twice at Four and a Quarter.
0: Okay. I'm including the non-Eon ones. Uh, Are you not? I'm not. So we should probably
1: start this over because I thought you said starting at 25.
0: Oh, no. Starting at, uh, I don't know. Starting at whatever. I mean, my okay. worst one was never say never again.
1: Let's um, let's start over because I totally
0: skipped one. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to edit this I, out. Hang on. I
1: totally thought you said 25. I'm like, oh, I guess we're skipping the on you. <laughs> okay.
0: So the worst Bond film of all time, according to my list, with a three out of ten, is Never Say Never Again, the return of Sean Connery, and the non-Eon Never Say Never Again.
1: My worst at the twenty-seventh is the crappy Casino Royale, with yeah. a three-point one. I figured that would be.
0: I mean, you <laughs> hated that thing. I hated it. Hated it, was it. so bad. Uh. It, it, just for reference, you gave it a three point one. Yeah, yep. If I'm looking at my list here, I gave it a seven point one. Dear Moses. Yeah, it was a dramatically different. Oh. But remember, I always said that we weren't going to count that one. Kind of. Yep, Because yep, yep, it was yep. like you know, it was it's it's I I liked it as a parody. To me, it was like an Austin Powers film almost. Sure. Uh, okay, my second worst film in the 007 fr- franchise. Is three point five with for your eyes only. Hmm. Okay. Mine. I didn't hate it as
1: that much, but my my next one at twenty six was Man with the Golden Gun at three point three.
0: Okay. Uh, the next best Bond film, if you are going to sit and watch a Bond film, because that's <laughs> what this was was a quint yeah. a search for the quintessential Bond film. Yeah, uh, A View to Kill with four out of ten. <laughs> I I didn't particularly like that movie but
1: I liked the song because it was a Duran Duran song my next worst at 25 was
0: octopusy at 3.8 I wonder if any of ours are gonna line up Have I kinda... seriously doubt it yeah uh <laughs> next with a 4.6 thunderball which we both hated Thunderball was terrible Ugh.
1: yeah my next was the spy who loved me at four and a quarter
0: okay all right all right all right. Uh, next up, with a 4.9, we have Octopussy. <laughs> My next
1: is he only lived twice at, again, four and a quarter.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, 5.1 from Russia with Love.
1: Yeah. Okay. My next is Dr. No, and it's at 4.4. 4. That one's an asterisk because, again, we didn't use our grading scale, and I do feel that it probably would have gotten a bit higher if I had used that. I ranked it just as a normal film, and I think just because it had the flaws of being a film from the 60s and was just kind of corny, I went a bit harder on it. But regardless, that's where it landed, Dr. No at 4.4.
0: The Spy Who Loved Me with... Oh, no, 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 sorry, I'm skipping one here. My next one is Dr. No with 5.3.
1: My next one's Moonraker at four and a half. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these I don't even remember either. Like oh I remember snippets, but they all kind of
0: blend in awfulness. Next up with 5.6 is The Spy Who Loved Me. Hmm. My next is Never Say Never Again at four and a half. Wow, that ranked much higher for you. That was my worst one. <laughs> it was bad, but again, I thought there was worse. Um, next on the list, also with 5.6, so it could be interchangeable with the last one, is License to Kill. Oh, wow. Okay. My next
1: was Thunderball. I also hated it. I give it a 4.6. Yeah. But you liked it better than
0: a lot of these others. Holy crap, man. Okay. It's hard to tell. 5.9, we have Moonraker at uh, 4.8 I've got The Living Daylights so what I'm noticing regardless is on average I ranked these films higher than you big time I haven't even hit fives yet (laughs) no Uh, what one did I do okay Uh, next up six out of ten which is basically just carried by the Bond song we have Live and Let Die Oh yeah, oh yeah. My next at four point eight is a view to a kill. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, next up, uh, also at six. So again, could be interchangeable with the last one. I have die another day.
1: Yeah, that one was pretty bad, eh? Yeah, I'm too. I'm close in a couple films. That's there, so we almost overlapped. My. My next is Diamonds Are Forever at 4.8 and I do distinctively remember that song and I remember the ending cuz I think Sean Connery did some badass like flipping of the bad guys off a boat
0: at the end so Is the di- Is Diamonds Forever? No, which one Which one is the one where he's he like goes Japanese makeup and like Oh, moves that's Diane the day. Oh my god, what a friggin'... <laughs> So, it's like... Anyways. Uh, okay. Next up, with 6.1, I have You Only Live Twice. Hmm. This is where I have For Your Eyes Only, and I finally hit 5 out of 10. All right, all right, all right. Uh, next up, I have... Uh, man, For Your Eyes Only was my second worst Bond film. We had to op- like polar opposite yeah. tastes here. Next up, also with a 6.1, so again interchangeable with the last one is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay.
1: I For yours only was higher. I think that was one of the very few I had seen, so Nostalgia definitely popped that one up. At uh, 14th, I've got Die Another Day again at five.
0: All right. Uh, 6.4, Goldfinger. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, at
1: number 13, I've got Quantum of Solace again at five.
0: Ooh, that's low. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a it's the conquer of the Daniel Craig's. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, is that the one where it's like, "Are you wanting my oil? No, I just want your water." <laughs> is that yep, that one? That's that's the one. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, also with a six point four, so potentially interchangeable, is "Diamonds Are Forever." Hmm. My twelve is from Russia with love at five point one. That's high. Okay. Uh, also with six point four. So We have three that are six point four. Could be you know any any which order you want. Uh, the living daylights. Mm. My eleventh
1: is on Her Majesty's Secret Service at five and a quarter.
0: Perfect. Six point five. We have the man with the golden gun. Oh wow! You didn't mind that one? No, I I I think because of the Golden Gun, it was. <sighs> yeah. I think it was just Bond gimmicky enough. I think the villain and, ranked high that time. And you got Christopher Lee. Yeah. Just, right. I mean. Yeah. What are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> I mean, I gave it a twenty-six. So that's what I did. But <laughs> um, my tenth is
0: the world is not enough, and I gave it five point three. Okay. Uh, 6.9, I have Quantum of Solace. At
1: ninth, I've got GoldenEye, and I've got 5.5.
0: Seven out of ten, I have The World is Not Enough.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, Eighth, I've got Live and Let Die with a
0: 5.6. 7.1, even though we said it doesn't count, is the Peter Sellers... 1970s Casino Royale.
1: Oh, Oh boy. Seventh place. At five and three quarters, I've got Tomorrow Never Dies.
0: Oh, so close. With a 7.25, so 7.3, I've got Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, shoot. Uh, Sixth, I've got License to Kill with 5.8. Next up, 7.5. I have Goldeneye. Oh. So Goldeneye is of great. Note... Goldeneye oh, is yeah. a great movie. It's it's nostalgic. Sean Bean dies. What a twist. What a <laughs> who, who would have you sit down who? and you're like, ah, Sean Bean's in this. Holy shit, did they just kill Sean Bean? Who does that? <laughs> yeah.
1: Everybody. Alright. <laughs> um so we enter my top five. I finally break past the six out of ten. I also go with gold, but I go with Goldfinger
0: with six and a half. Wow, yeah, Gold Goldfinger didn't, yeah, didn't, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, you got Felix Leiter at a KFC. What else do you need? That's it's true. I, that's a missed opportunity. They had uh, they had what's his face? They had the Jason Alexander do those commercials. They should have had they should have had <laughs> Felix Leiter in there. <laughs> Uh, number four, most quintessential Bond film of all time with a 7.6, Casino Royale. Oh, you dog. That's high though. That's out of all those films. I am acknowledging. Yep. That's fair. I am acknowledging quality. This might offend you.
1: My fourth place of quintessential Bond film at 7.25 is No Time
0: to Die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no that works I mean you know yeah, what yeah. it's I think it's it's ironic it's it's ironic in a way that I'll explain in a couple of minutes sure uh, I guess it's my turn okay my number three most quintessential Bond film of all time we have room for some overlap here there's a I doubt it but there's potential My number three Best Bond film of all time with an eight point six Spectre.
1: My number three, which
0: also starts with an S, at seven point five is is Skyfall. Ah The film that that as far as we know is my number one. Right. Yes. (laughs) So good, man. He's got his own Alfred. He's got his own Alfred Pennyworth, like oh, it's just and then M's death. Oh god, the heart wrenching Judy Dench. Okay, anyways, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it all comes down to this: the two films I have left to rank was the reigning champion Skyfall and the newly released No Time to Die. When I give you my number two, I you feel will like know you my should number just one. give me.
1: Yeah, give me both. Give me both. In what order? Uh, uh two then one.
0: <laughs> okay. So my number two slot with a nine point one is Skyfall, making no time to die with a nine point three. My quintessential bond film with an asterisk with an asterisk because it is the quintessential bond film but only when it stands on the shoulders of the Daniel Craig bond films that came before it their ability to build up emotion and attachment and and just raise the stakes for this film is what gave it the potential to to succeed and 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 surpass expectations, there you have it. <laughs> Screw you! That's Something, my joke. My finger slipped. Uh, no. <laughs> Qu- quite honestly, <laughs> so that's did mine. interesting. If you could see me right now, one one finger just slipped <laughs> and it's stuck in the up position. I don't. I don't know what's going on.
1: Uh, so what I'll quickly say is that's fair i disagree with you as any human being would disagree and say that's not how i rank them but what i do think is interesting is that you acknowledge that say hey this is my favorite but it's requiring this to happen and this to happen and this to happen so it's on its own it can't happen but it needed these other films to build so that's that's very fair um no surprises here specter my number two 8.5 and then uh like compared to some of the Crap scores I gave a resounding 9.3 for Casino Royale, which I think I should probably round up to a 10, but I won't. 9.3.
0: Which, so, okay, so a couple interesting things. Three things Mm -hmm. I want to say. One, both of our top-rated Bond film is at a score of 9.3. That's interesting. That is actually interesting. Our favorites and our fourth favorites are interchangeable. So... My Hmm. top favorite is No Time to Die. That's your fourth. Your top favorite is Casino Royale. That's my fourth. That's interesting. Neither here nor there. This is a search for the quintessential Bond film. And although I think No Time to Die is the best Bond film, when standing on the shoulders of the others, we, we have used the wording several times in the past that if you can only watch one Bond film, which one should you watch and the fact that no time to die succeeds in the way it does because of the buildup means that if you can only watch one bond film, no time to die is not it. It, it, it just isn't. I would say if I'm looking back through my list here of films that don't need previous context, if you can only watch one Bond film, it's my number four slot, Casino Royale. Hmm. That's interesting. So if that's you've never seen a Bond only- film and you can only watch one, Casino Royale is the way to go.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's interesting. Not only because it, Pat's, like, I, I'm, i it's it's happy ears that hear it because that's my choice, but you do make a really good point. I think Skyfall comes close But there's still enough of it that if you were only to watch it on its own, you'd go, oh, but hmm, what's that or this or that? And yeah, yeah, I would agree. Of the four top ones, Casino Royale, at least if you popped it in in the DVD player without any explanation, you'd be fine.
0: Absolutely. freaking lutely Do you, I I don't, you know, I don't know how I'm going to enjoy any, replacement actor I don't like I feel like and I haven't been around for other Bond turnovers Mm -hmm. or I have like you know I was around obviously when when Pierce Brosnan retired and or got the boot or whatever happened and (laughs) Daniel Craig you know a Daniel Craig Bond was born out of this new sort of Jason Bourne, Mission Impossible era that we were living in. Uh, But I can't imagine that there's ever been a a sense before of like... like, You know, it's interesting. There's no other character in history, the history of film, where the character is passed on and continued in this manner. And I also wonder if there's ever been a moment through Bond's history where it feels as appropriate to just say, that's it. Don't touch it. (laughs) Leave it alone. Yeah, It's done. Don't try to restart. Because before it was just like, you know, he didn't die. I think think him dying is a big part of that. I think the, the conclusion that they gave us. Bond has never gotten... A a bow tied on a film before. There's mm-hmm. a pretty big bow tied on this film. Yeah, yeah. And So now it just feels like it's done.
1: Hmm, that's an interesting point. You know, I yeah. don't.
0: You know, aside, Yeah, I don't. Aside from Leo, I guess I don't know. Who, <laughs> yes, who, who you get in there and. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Would you watch this week, it'll, sir?
1: It'll be weird. Sorry. One last thing, I just want to drop on uh there are a lot it's not as profound as what you just said because you're quite right i it'll be weird i guess it'll be like the whole remakes conversation where we'll just have to hold dear that we think maybe the series would be better suited to end now but we'll just have to enjoy what comes next this is less profound there are a lot of connections in this film to on her Majesty's secret service um bond telling swan we have all the time in the world which is a famous line from on her Majesty's secret service Music themes from that film in the 60s were played throughout this film. Uh, Both movies deal with biological warfare. Both movies end um, downbeat compared to a typical Bond movie. And both involve a character dying as Bond prepares to start a new family life. And they both end with the same theme song. This one... I believe was the Louis Armstrong original on Her Majesty's Secret Service, if I read correctly, was a remake of that. But there were a lot of connective tissue to that other James Bond film, which was kind of the mirror of what kind of we saw today. Do you think that was just like,
0: do you think that was just pure inspiration? Like the director just, you know, maybe that's their favorite Bond film? You have to wonder. You have to wonder. That's all I do. (laughs)
1: The only two things I'll wrap it on is the dots at the beginning were very much a a throwback to Dr. No, the first Eon film, which obviously if you take out the two non-Eon, this is the 25th film. And how interesting is it that Daniel Craig both got the 50th anniversary of Bond and the 25th anniversary film? Uh, What a special, special character for how long he played it, how well he played it, and those milestones.
0: And the only other thing... I just really want to watch Casino Royale now yeah I could go for Casino Royale you know the dots the dots at the beginning of that sequence uh, that was one more that was one more that was one more reason why I was like oh shit Rami Malek is Dr. No and that's and they're relating right. to that in the yeah yeah. you know I that felt like I had would have been awesome I had every reason to believe that that's what was happening yeah. and I didn't and that's fine I just yeah. you know Cool. What'd you
1: watch? you watch anything this week? Mine is so brief. I I didn't watch anything. Uh, I continued my journey and Lost, uh, finished the third season, so I'm half done the show. Um, But that is it. I did not watch any feature films or anything else. So I will pass
0: the baton back to you. What did you watch this week? Ah, yes. Sir Pete. Forever the glutton of misery. Watching (laughs) his, his television show Lost. Uh, listen. I watched one film, two films. I watched two films. I rewatched Black Widow. Oh wow! Okay. Needed, yep. needed to get me a little David Harbor all up in the schism. Uh, and the other film I watched is a comedy that I don't go back to often enough. Uh, it's a comedy I adore. I think it's truly hilarious from start to finish. I don't think there's any joke that doesn't land. And that is the film Date Night with Oh, Steve Carell, Tina Fey, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Bill Burr plays a cop. And something I didn't realize, because it's been a while since I watched the film, but when they first arrive at Mark Wahlberg's house... Um, and he's, he's, has this Israel, Israeli girl in bed and she like comes down the stairs and she asks who Steve Carell and Tina's, Tina Fey's character is. And kind of like inquires, like, are we, are they going to have sex with us too? Like what's, you know, it's, it's this funny comedic moment. Um, that Israeli girl is a much lesser known Gal Gadot, who mm. now, of course, everyone knows plays Wonder Woman. Interesting. Yeah, I was I was like I was like, holy shit. I you <laughs> know, because clearly the last time I watched it was prior to any involvement of hers in the DCEU. So right. that was that was a fun yep. little fun little Easter egg for me. And that's it. That's what I watched. That's cool. And I've, and some more oh. friends and you know, some more Seinfeld mm. and some like I've got some shows shows on the go.
1: do 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 do.
0: yeah yeah you know everyone when we did our when we did our top tv shows thing i don't know if it was you or it was emily but someone someone threw forward the anecdote that you know potentially like on average uh seinfeld may be actually revered as a greater show culturally and and impact wise than friends was and was that you or was that emily i think emily okay doesn't sound like something i think i
1: said maybe how i met your mother to which i was like that was said at the time and that statement hasn't aged well
0: right you know i i'm like five or six episodes into seinfeld and so far it's pretty hit and miss where like Hmm there be a good episode, and then there will just be, like, a total stinker of an episode. <laughs> and even the good episodes aren't great episodes. And it right. just makes me wonder, because, like, undoubtedly, like, I feel like it's really hard to argue the fact, argue against the fact that right out of the gate, from, like, the first opening scene of Friends, it's so funny and hmm. so well, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I think Friends is still a far superior i'm going to continue to watch seinfeld because it's it's a sure. 20 minute episode it's easy to throw it on yep you know kind of a oh, I got 20 minutes to kill what do you want to do okay let's watch right. let's watch a seinfeld um but i'm not i'm not loving it
1: <laughs> so that's fair
0: yeah that's wrap wrap it up sir wrap it up okay
1: well, thank you so much for listening. Whether this is your first time with us because this is a new release or you've been here for not. all 27 episodes or you've been here for more than that, thank you for joining us. Um, check out all the links below. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us. Uh, check out and join our Patreon. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Consider joining our Patreon to help us pay bills and we're not living on a yacht somewhere. like It is literally just cost covering and, and growing the show. So... Um, check it out and um rate and review us positively wherever you can do so we appreciate it and until next time there's a bond film or the next time we can start up a new series or until just next week where we review something that's not
0: james bond we'll talk to you later do you think do you think it's wise to pull back the illusion that we make enough on our patreon to live on a yacht i mean i feel
1: <laughs> Listen. you know you know everyone says oh boy it must be nice but man the motion sickness it's it's you know sure i got to quit my job and i eat caviar all day but the motion sickness is just as bad as the plight of life
0: so and and ultimately a waterbed would have been a shit ton cheaper (laughs) yeah right same effect same effect just a lot cheaper